Testing, testing. Am I on? I think I'm on. Okay. We're good. Well, good morning, church. Uh, for anyone that I haven't had the opportunity to meet, my name is Alex Smith. I've uh, been here for, I was thinking about it, I've been here for three and a half years now, which is kind of cool. Time really does fly. So uh, I'm excited to be here. Um, survived the first week of school. We, uh, we made it through. I know myself. Yeah, Paige. Yeah. Paige, Ethan, uh, Shay. I know some other people we... We, you know, first official week back at school. Um, so it was it was a lot kind of chaotic, but uh, it was good. I know for me personally, I'm a social worker at Heights High School, if anybody didn't know. Um, so really enjoyed my job over there. Um, it was cool. I think, you know, going into year two, I had the opportunity to to be there. And so, like, you know, I kind of already established some relationships last year with some of the kids and some of the staff. So going in first day, it's like, hey, man, how are you? How was your summer? You know, catching up with the kids. Um, I actually, there's a group of kids that were freshmen last year, they're sophomores now, uh, that would, during my lunch duty, they just kind of hang around me and we just talk and, you know, got to know them that way. And it was funny because the first day of school, we get there, I got there uh, around lunch, or I, did, I got there at the beginning of the day, but I saw that I didn't see them until lunchtime. They came up to me, Mr. Smith, where were you? They were all upset, like, we got in here this morning, why weren't you at buses like you were last year to greet us? And they were all upset about it. And so, But it's just cool because we have those relationships now, and you're able to do that. It was cool, too, seeing you know the new freshmen, the new kids, the transfers and stuff, and um, just seeing them, yeah, just trying to figure it out. And, oh, my gosh, this is high school and walking around and trying to, you know, trying to figure things out. And um, you can tell who the freshmen are because when the bell rings and you're tardy and there's still, like, a couple of kids walking around the hallways looking kind of like, you know, hey, man, hey, can I help you? Can I help you figure out where you're going? Yeah, I just thought I was going. You're on the wrong side of the school, but let's go back. <laughs> let's go back this way. So um, it's just been really good to be able to uh, to be back and, and be with the kids again. Um, let's see, what else? I'm co- I guess I'm just giving you guys an update. It's been a while, so just a few updates. So, um, so I'm coaching again this year, um, coaching football. So that's cool. I last year I coached football with the team at Heights, but it's kind of a unique situation. They started the season. Um, there was uh, one of the assistant coaches, and some things happened. He lost his father and just some other things, and so he decided to step away. And um, they approached me and asked if I would take over his spot. So I got to join about four games into the season. So I got to coach with the guys, but now I'm, you know, on staff officially, been there all summer, all summer, <laughs> doing doing the workouts, doing the conditioning with the boys, you know, learning all the things. And so uh, we've actually got a coaches meeting this afternoon. It's it's cool. It's a lot different, I will say, coaching versus being a player, right? I played middle school, high school, and in college. Um, and it's great being able to play, but when you're coaching, it's a whole other side of the coin. You know, a lot more work goes into it that I think a lot of people don't realize. Um, I know for me, it's made me more grateful for my coaches growing up and the work that they put in to support us. It's made me very grateful for my parents <laughs> and the, the time that they put in because I think sometimes as coaches, we don't always think about, hey, is this kid going to be able to make it to all these camps and all these things? And, you know, parents are the ones that are getting them there. And so I definitely have been more grateful um, for my mom and dad and just the support that they gave me um, through all of that, through my time in sports. Um, what else? Let's see. My brother is getting married in two weeks. So that's cool. I know a lot of you guys know my brother. Um, so Edwin is getting married in two weeks. I won't be able to go to the Jubilee because I'll be um, in Arkansas with him, supporting him in the wedding. So um, pictures, lots of pictures. Yes. Lots. Of, yes. 
So we'll be able to do that. Um, I'm excited. He, he met a great woman. Uh, her name is Haley. She's great. The family approves. So we're, we're good on that. Uh, yes. Uh, but I'm excited just to, you know, have her as a part of the family and to be able to, uh, like I said, support him. Um, so lots of big things. Lots of big things. Um, going on. I was gonna, I didn't actually plan this. Um, Jason, would you come up real quick? I'm gonna ask Jason, uh, just to say a prayer for the lesson for myself. Me and him had a conversation and I'll be, I'll be transparent. Like I just was feeling a little, um, insecure this morning, feeling a little, uh, underprepared. And so, you know, got to, got to talk to Jason a little bit. So I just wanted to ask him if he would just bless the prayer, bless the lesson, and then we'll, we'll get into it. Amen. Let's do this. God, thank you so much for this time. And, uh, we just pray, uh, that you'll open up our hearts right now, Father. Mm-hmm. Um, help us with our, wherever our mindsets may be just to zero in on your word. God, we pray that you'll speak through Alex in a powerful way as mm-hmm. you have before. And, and uh, just pray that uh, each one of us will grab something to take away with us this week. God, it's so easy to get focused on what is to come, you know, what might be happening after church, lunch, you know, fantasy football draft, all that kind of <laughs> stuff. But God, help us to really zero in on what you have to say to us today mm-hmm. through Alex. Pray that you'll bless this time and that you'll really uh, help Alex just to zero in as well. God, we're so excited to hear him speak and pray again that you'll just fill him with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, bro. Appreciate you. Amen. If you guys want to, go ahead and open your Bibles up to the book of James. That's where we'll be for most of our, our time today. So the sort of the topic, I guess you could say, for today, um, we're going to talk about the power of words and the power of the tongue. Right. So this is I mean, honestly, I don't think it's really anything new for anybody. You know, this, this is a passage. This is a book that people turn to a lot for these sorts of uh, things. But um, really, I just I think my goal is just to really share kind of what's on my heart, kind of where I've been as a, as I've been able to sort of study this out um, over the last couple of weeks. Um, but also just to serve, you know, as a reminder for us, you know, as we go through our day to day lives, where where are moments that we can be uh, more mindful of how we use our words? Words are, are, are powerful. Words are very powerful. Obviously, I think we all know that. Um, I think even the intent behind the words that we say make them even more so. Um, I, I think of a time when I was probably, probably like elementary school, fourth or fifth grade. Uh, we were in church back in Little Rock. It was me and my brother. You know, Little Rock's a small church, so we were the only two in classes. We were the kids' kingdom, pretty much. But, um, we were in class and, and, um, Steve Hiddleston, some of you guys may know him. Steve Hiddleston was, was in the class with us and was, you know, we were going through the lesson. And at some point that day, there was a Coke machine in the building. My brother had gotten a soda and he had the soda and he left it somewhere and I found it. And so I picked it up and I drank the soda, drank his soda. And so, um, somehow that came up during our time with Steve and we were talking about it and my brother was upset about it. And, uh, Steve was like, Hey man, you, you need to apologize to your brother for drinking the soda. I said, okay. I said, when I'm, I'm sorry that I drank your soda. And then very slickly at the end, I added, but at least it was good. <laughs> and I mean, Steve, Steve immediately was like, all right, go to timeout. Like you go, <laughs> you go stand over there. And I was like, you know what? That's fair. But even as I'm walking, I remember, I remember walking like, Hey, like I was just saying, like, I didn't mean anything by that. I just, you know, trying to play it off, I guess. 
Um, but even then and, and still now, like I knew the intent. My intent in saying that was like, hey, I got a soda and you didn't. I got your soda and you didn't get the soda. You know what I mean? So the intent behind those things are, are powerful. Words are powerful. You know, you think about throughout history, scholars and poets and politicians and songwriters, friends and even enemies um, have said words that have shaped our lives in some way or another um, because words are important. And I think that's why James speaks about them so much. If you look chapter one to chapter five, there's at least one verse in each chapter about words and the importance of them, whether that's, you know, controlling the tongue or or being mindful of the words that we use. You know, uh, there's there's definitely a great emphasis on on words. Um, so we won't touch on all the chapters today, but definitely encourage you guys to go and read that if that's something that you feel could be beneficial to you. Um, so we'll start um, in James chapter one in verse 26 is where I'll read. It says, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive, them, deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Okay, we can back it up right now, go home. We could really, we could really all go home and spend the rest of the week repenting on this, guys, because I know, I won't speak for everybody, but I know for myself, I struggle with keeping a tight rein on my tongue at times. You know, I can't say that I've worked a lot with horses, but I know that my mom used to watch a lot of westerns. So I saw a lot of cowboys, you know, riding horses with the reins. And, you know, if you don't keep a tight rein on those things, you know, you, the rider goes flying off or the wagon, you know, goes out of control, whatever it may be. Um, you have to keep a tight rein on those things. And, and I think that's so simple but important and so overlooked, you know, and it's so clear. It's, you know, he who does not keep, a, uh, keep his tongue tame deceives himself. You know, how, mu- how many of us honestly walk around deceived? Because we think that we have a, a hold on our tongues and we don't. Between verses 26 and 27, um, it talks about three things that God expects from those who follow him. Um, to take care of orphans and widows. Uh, not to be polluted by the world, which I think could be a whole other sermon in itself. Um, and the third thing, I think, is, is keeping our tongues tamed. So I found a list, and, you know, this is... Just a list from the Internet, but um, there's probably a lot of things that we could add to it. Um, But these are eight signs of an untamed tongue. So number one, taking cheap shots at others. Number two, repeating of rumors. Number three, sharing of details meant to remain private. I know for me I'm guilty of that one. I know there's so many times I have conversations with friends and I'm like, oh, I'm not supposed to tell, but you don't even know this person, so it's fine. But that person told me that in confidence, right? Number four, making yourself look good at the expense of others. Number five, gossiping. Six, maximizing, sorry, maximizing the sins of others, but minimizing your own. Number seven, adding details to make the absent seem worse. And number eight, dismissing an unkind remark with, I was just kidding. Well, I think sometimes even a lot of times we'll say things, oh, well, that's just who I am. I didn't mean anything by it. That's just who I am, right? Anybody relate to any of those at all? Yeah. I know the two for me for sure are, like I said, sharing the details of things that are supposed to remain private um, and then the um, maximizing other sins and minimizing my own. That's a big one that I, that I fall into a lot. 
So turn over to James 3. James 3, and we'll start in verse 1. It says, Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. Did I identify as that? Am I perfect? No? Okay, we'll keep reading. <laughs> when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what, what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole, uh, the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. So I guess the I don't really have a ton of points. I guess the first point I would say is that the tongue is small but powerful. Kind of obvious, right? I really appreciate just the imagery that James puts in these first six verses, right? Um, Talking about the horse being steered by the bit, the ship being steered by the rudder, the forest set afire by a small blaze. I think for me, you know, the the one that kind of sticks with me is is the, the ship, out at sea, you know, you think about these big cruise liners and things like that that have just this rudder, you know, so to speak, that that steers the ship. And I think that's pretty cool, right? You know, there's big ships out on this water. But then I even think about the storms. I'm sure you guys have seen videos of like storms out at sea and like how big and crazy those waves can get. And I think about how important that rudder is for that boat to keep it, you know, keep it in line, to keep it going where it needs to go to get through the storm. The tongue is powerful. It's the same way. You know, I think about being back at school now. Like I mentioned, it's, it's, it's important for me to be mindful of my tongue and of my words. You know, as a social worker, I am in contact with a lot of students that are going through a lot of different things, whether personally or at home with family. Um, and so it's important for me to be mindful of the words that I speak to them, how I speak those, those words to them, um, and, and really make sure that they receive, I guess, words of life, I would say, you know, from me in those situations. Um, As a coach, it's also important for me to be mindful of my words. You know, I think about even the times when I played, I think some of the best coaches that I had were coaches who um, coached me up, you know, when I was, you know, needing advice or tips or things like that, but also encouraged me when they saw me making that progress. I think a lot of times I've seen coaches who will only give you a good word when you when you nail the play perfectly or you nail the technique perfectly. But, you know, the coach that says, hey, I saw you get that step just right. You didn't step too far. You didn't step too short. You stepped just right. The little progress, the little things. Those are the those are the things that are important. Those are the things. I mean, we have kids now at at, at practice that are freshmen or transfers or or just, you know, have been at the school, but they've never played football before. And now they're out at practice and they know nothing about football. And it's it's kind of evident sometimes. <laughs> but they those kids need they need those words of encouragement. They need that positivity of like, OK, I am I'm on the right. Those kids may never see the field on Friday night, but they need that encouragement. You know, at the end of the day, you know, football's just a game. But if they can remember 20 years from now, like, man, I had a coach who spoke those words of encouragement to me, that that makes a difference. 
and even as a coworker, you know, my words are important. There's a lot of uh, teams that I serve on at school, um, working with special education and different things like that. And so there's a lot of room for um, differing ideas, I guess you could say. You know, I feel like this IEP should be written this way. No, 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 I feel like it should be this way. You know, having to, to, to speak positively in those situations and make sure that we are really working together uh, to best benefit the student, you know, at the end of the day. And even that I'm not going around and, and gossiping to, well, they want to do it this way, blah, 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 you know what I mean, things like that. Um, it's important for me to be mindful of my words. So what are areas of your life that you may need to be mindful of? of your words um, in your day-to-day life. Think about that. Go ahead and turn over, or I'm sorry, we're still in chapter three, but we're gonna look at uh, verses seven and eight here. It says, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil Full of deadly poison. I don't know about you guys, but I know a lot for me, a lot of times I am not thinking that about my tongue. I'm like, oh, that's not this deadly poison. It's not that, but it can be. It absolutely can be. So I guess point number two, the tongue is untamable by human power. You know, it's almost kind of funny. We as humans throughout history, we, we tame, like it talks about these birds, these animals, things like that. You think about, you go to a circus and you see these elephants walking on their hind legs or, you know, these whales that can jump and flip on command and things like that. And we've tamed these animals to do these things. We've trained them in all these different ways. And yet we can't control our own tongues. Verse eight, verse eight says it's a restless evil. And like I said, I don't typically think of my tongue that way, of being this sort of restless evil, but the Bible says it is. And since it's restless, I feel like we should, you know, probably take some sort of action to correct that, right? But we can't do that. It can't be tamed by humans. So flip over to Psalm chapter 51. If we can't do anything about it, we should probably turn to God. That's my thought. <laughs> Chapter 51 and verse 10 says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Guys, when we turn to God and we ask him to create in us a pure heart, he hears us. And if we're open to it, he does it. And I just think about how a pure heart leads to, you know, pure thoughts, pure words. The tongue is pure, Right. We change in that way. When we truly allow God to do his work within us, uh, we can be transformed. I think about, some of you guys know this, maybe some of you, some of you guys don't. I have a niece. Her name's Ada. She's precious. Um, she's five years old. She's back home in Little Rock. She's my daughter's sister, or my sister's daughter. There we go. <laughs> said that backwards. My sister's daughter. Um, so my sister and Ada's dad, they're not together. Um, you know, for me, I think I really struggled a lot. That was a situation. I just, I didn't feel great about it as a big brother. I, you know, wasn't happy about it. Um, but Ada's great and I'm thankful for her every day. But I think about just even my own tongue when it came to her dad. The things that I said, the, you know, the, the actions even I wanted to take 
you know, against this guy. But um, I, I got to a point where I really was just praying, like, God, help me to recognize and to remember that this this man is, is one of your children as well. And and it got to a point where um, I was I was praying for this guy daily, um, you know, just that he would step up and be the man. And they do. They co-parent. He's in our life. And that's great. Um, but just step up and be the man that I guess I see God calls you know us to be as fathers. And so um was praying for him daily and daily. And I'll be honest, I've gotten away from that. Um, but even just to have that glimpse of kind of how God could really change my heart towards this guy uh, when I truly allow him to go in and do that work um, was was encouraging to see. And I want to get back to that um, prayerfully. I will. But, yeah, it just was I don't know. Just thinking about that. Just that was an example of that. And that can be us, too, when we allow God to do that, to really change our hearts and and everything else follows. Looking at the last few verses in this chapter, in this uh, section, starting in verse nine, it says, with the tongue, we praise our Lord and father. And with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. The third point that I have is that the tongue reveals where we are. If you look at it plain and simple, we can't have both. We can't have the fresh water. We can't have salt water. It's just as simple as that. And I I know for me, uh, even in looking at those last three verses, I'm guilty of doing that thing where it's like, hey, those that that scripture doesn't doesn't necessarily apply to me, you know, Um, because, you know, I I would read it. I would look at it and say, you know, with with our mouths, we praise God and we curse humans. I'm like, oh, I don't I don't cuss a lot. So it's fine. Like I'm that doesn't really apply to me. But obviously it's not just talking about using foul language, using expletives and things like that. Um, I was reading a, a deal online that I saw, and it talked about the profanity of belittlement. And how many times, and we as, as Christians, and we feel like, oh, we don't use a certain language, but how many times do we belittle others, our own brothers and sisters even? How many times do we get caught up in that trap and don't even realize it, honestly? You know, Proverbs chapter 18 uh, I think 21 talks about how the tongue uh, gives life and death. You know, we have to be mindful of that. Flip over also to um, Luke chapter 6. Uh, Luke chapter 6, starting in verse 43. It says no good tree no good tree bears bad fruit nor does a bad tree bear good fruit each tree is recognized by its own fruit people do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of guys our words our tongue they reveal where we are in our hearts you know, I think about if you go to the doctor and they say, you know, say, ah, oh, you stick your tongue out. They look and they can say, oh, yep, something's wrong. I see something in there. Just by looking, 
and seeing, you know, whether what's on the tongue or whatever. It's the same way with our hearts, guys. The words that we use, the 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 way we talk to people, whether they're around or not around, reveals where our hearts are. There was, sorry, I got a couple different notepads here. There was a quote I wanted to read to you guys. It's from an author. Her name is Sharon Miller. She wrote a book called The Cost of Control. And this is what she says. She says, most of us do not equate gossip with power, but very often that is exactly what it is about. Gossip is a weapon for those who feel powerless. We know we can't control our boss or that politician or even that friend, but we can control their reputation. And so, with one whispered conversation veiled with a tone of concern, we light the match that burns their name to the ground. That is powerful. And guys, like I said, just this is just me kind of sharing my heart and just even reading these things. It's helping me to, or it's causing me to realize how often, what am I trying to say? How blind I am to how often I do this. How often I fall into these traps and don't even think anything about it. Oh, I'm not doing this, this, and this. I'm all right. That's not what this is saying, though. Um, I saw another quote, it just, and it simply said, we can't treat God as a treasure and his creation as trash. We, sorry, I'm trying to get back to James. We, uh, we can't do that. We can't do that. And I know for me, I, I've, I've been guilty of that. I've done that within, since I've been here in Wichita. I've done that. And that's not how it is to be. So I guess if I was to summarize kind of even just the passage that we just read, I would say when we're discussing the power of the tongue, verses 3 and 4 talks about how the tongue directs where we go. Verses 5 to 8, the tongue explains how we can destroy what's given to us. Verse 9 through 10 displays who we are. And so I guess in a sense of, of challenges or practicals, um, I really just have three things. So the first thing, speak life-giving words to others. If you look at Proverbs chapter 12, I'll get there eventually. Thanks. Proverbs 12 and verse 18. It says, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Guys, we have the power to bring healing to those around us, whether that's in the building, in our communities, in our families, whatever that may look like. We have the power to bring healing. The second thing would be, well, okay, yeah. First thing, speak life-giving words to others. The second thing is speak life-giving words to others often. There's no limit, guys, on how many words we can use to encourage others. No, you don't have a daily limit or anything like that. You can speak life to others as often as you'd like. I was thinking about, I was looking at the scripture. I can't, I didn't write down exactly where it is, but you guys know it talks about let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Um, so I was looking at, and, and the word unwholesome um, comes from, I think, the Greek word sepo, which is where we get our word septic. So when we talk about unwholesome, septic. Kind of changes the view on it a little bit, right? Don't let any septic talk come out of your mouth. 
speak life, speak life-giving words to others. So I, I'm looking at Paige's face. She's like, ooh, septic, ooh. <laughs> but yeah, we have to find, but, but that's the thing. I think we have to find ways to speak encouragement to others. Um, like I said, whether it's the, the, the little freshman kid on the football team, like finding a way to encourage him after a tough practice. You know, find ways. And, and I think the other thing, too, is don't, I, I, I'm guilty of this, don't find excuses to not give those words. Oh, well, I was going to catch him after church, but he got out, you know, quicker than I thought. Have his number. Why don't I just call him and text him? Like, oh, well, that'd be awkward. It's been a week. I don't want to reach out. That's awkward to bring it up now. No, if you thought about it and you think that would be life-giving to him, share that. Don't let that awkwardness or the pride or just the excuses in general get in the way. Um, I think the other thing I was thinking about would be to, uh, to, to be receptive of those words. I struggle sometimes with people like, hey, bro, like you did great leading that song today. I'm like, oh, okay, thanks. Appreciate it. But, <laughs> but I think when we're receptive of those things, it, it, it allows us to be filled with that encouragement from, from God. You know what I mean? And then I think even at times we can feel that encouragement and then it's almost kind of like, contagious like man let me go share something with this brother because i want him to feel what i'm feeling you know what i mean and i think honestly for us guys we that um leads to that unity that we're striving for that leads to that encouragement that building building up one another um daily you know what i mean i think the last thing would just be to check your heart if the first two things that i mentioned are a struggle for you maybe you need to check your heart and that's okay. Sometimes we have to hit those blows or we do need to step back and say, all right, I'm, I'm struggling to say nice things to people. I'm struggling to encourage my brothers and my sisters. And that's okay. You know, prayerfully you have uh, relationships um, here with the body where you can get with somebody and say, hey, listen, bro, listen, sis, I need some help with this. I'm, I'm in a rut right now, you know? So, yeah, speak life-giving words to others. Speak life-giving words to others often and check your heart. Those would be the things. Um, guys, this is, just, this is just my heart. This is what I wanted to share. Um, I appreciate the encouragement. You guys are always awesome. You guys are family, so you know that. Um, but I really just encourage us to just be mindful of our words, be mindful of the power that we have, whether it's in here or outside of here. Um, let's just be mindful of those things. Um, we'll pray, and I think we have one last song. Father God, thank you so much for today, God. Thank you for the opportunity to be here, God, to speak uh, to your body, Father. I'm just so encouraged, God, by the family and just the love um, that I know that they have for me. And I'm thankful for um, being able to be a part of this family. God, we ask right now that, uh, Father, you would really just forgive us, Father, for the times that we have fallen short. God, for the times that we have um, belittled your children, God, in your creation, God, we ask that uh, you would really forgive us for that, God. We ask that as we leave here, you would really just put it on our hearts and on our minds, God, to be cognizant, God, of the words that we use, to be cognizant of the power that we have, God, that we can speak life to others, um, God, that we can be an encouragement to you, and that all that we do will bring you glory. God, we're so grateful for the love that you show us each and every day. We're so grateful um, that you uh, don't hold our wrongs against us. We love you so much in your sense that we pray. Amen.